Welcome to Love Your Mind and Soul. My name is Nella and this is my safe space where we together learn to love our mind as a result of our mental health struggles and heal while growing into the best version of ourselves. I will share my struggles, the ways I've healed and cope from them, but also my current struggles. So feel free to follow me on my Instagram also. It's at Love Your Mind and Soul and we can connect and learn more from each other there. So do note that I'm no specialist or a therapist um, and it is important that you do seek help from a professional if needed. So do not use this um, podcast as your therapy, use it as a support and guidance perhaps, but do seek help from a professional. Um, So let's get into today's first ever episode where I will be giving you just a little bit of my background um and yeah i hope you enjoyed and feel free to give me any feedback or suggestions i always love and appreciate that because i'm still learning and figuring it all out so bear with me um so yes my name is nella i was born and raised in europe and um i was an only child from two very very passionate (laughs) parents who ended up getting divorced when i was six Now, my first ever sexual abuse incident happened when I was around the age of five. So my parents were still together, but at that time, no doubt, they were still fighting and the household was quite disrupted already at that time. Not sure if that contributed uh, because the first ever sexual abuse took place just next door in the next room um, to where our parents were. It was a playroom. The door wasn't even closed. So um, it just shows that it really can happen anywhere around anyone Um, and it is never, ever, ever, ever too early to educate your kids or the kids around you on body boundaries and safe and unsafe touch. Um, So that was my first incident and um, by by the age of six, my parents split up and we moved into a commission home temporarily. which you'd think would be quite rough. And yes, it was rough, but I must say that I actually had nice memories there because I made lots of friends um, and it was actually good times. I guess I was too young to really, really notice and pick up on the struggles that we were having. Um, But the one other traumatic thing that happened there, which I didn't realize until probably the last year that it was a bit of a traumatic event, is that one of the closest friends I had made there, um, her name is Jasmina, bless her soul wherever she might be and I hope that she is still alive Um, because so I would have been around the age of six and we would always most days meet up on the playground downstairs and play together so one day um, she wasn't there anymore she had lots of siblings um, and she was of Romanian background but also like gypsy family um and one day she wasn't there anymore and yeah I mean you know trying to look for my friends see what's going on and then I overheard my parents say that her dad had sold her to someone which is just I had to reprocess that recently because in the back of my mind I always knew that was a fact and that's what had happened um but once I actually said it out loud to my fiance it was a bit of a shock like wow that girl was my age well maybe no more than a year older than me and that your own dad would just sell you um you know 
sex traffickers or no doubt that's probably who they, he would have sold it to um it's just that's terrible i mean how you know if you look at a six-year-old or anyone any age these days how how can you even do that how can you fucking get to just nah nah i'm sorry like i would rather starve to death and you know than actually sell my own children for money anyway that's just yeah so that that was that's quite sad and that's why I was saying that I hope that she is still alive because who knows, who knows what actually happened to her once her dad got rid of her. Um, yeah, so after the commission home, we eventually moved into an apartment um, and that's when some of the grooming, I guess, started. Um, it was my older cousin and with mum having to work more than one job she was a single mum we didn't really have financial support from my dad because they were bitter at each other um and yeah so I had my older cousin look after me because he was the responsible one at the time everyone else was too busy to work and make a living so and whenever he would sleep over um it was seen as a fun sleepover so it was like oh you guys can sleep in this in the living room together you know it'll be fun um and it started with him just putting porn on and i would have been seven or eight watching porn um that definitely messes with your mind at such a young age not being educated about anything sexual at all or your body um, or how your body works and then that being your first education um yeah not good at all so um no doubt that's definitely messed with my perception of many things as well so it started with that um he then eventually got comfortable in hitting me um and I didn't really have friends at that stage either so he was kind of the older brother I always wanted because keep in mind I was an only child so I've always wanted that you know that older protective brother um that no doubt many girls possibly can relate to as well um you know you always think how nice it would be to have an older brother protect you when you needed it or someone to play with especially if you're an only child it can get so boring um so I was finally excited to have that in my life and however unfortunately he wasn't a good one um so yeah it started with him hitting me and he eventually got more comfortable and then started sexually abusing me now at the same time there was also another cousin of mine a female one and there was also sexual abuse that took place and those incidents are really really blurry to me to be honest um i guess i've suppressed a lot of this for many many years and um it is now 2021 and I didn't start talking about this until 2018. So some of the things still are starting to come back to me um, in tiny little details. So bear with me if I can't give exact um, details or timelines, but I, I'll try my best. And um, yeah, so it kind of overlapped the two sexual abusers. It was that female cousin and this male cousin. Um, and there was sexual abuse and, and that just kind of became normal to me that's just what you do deep down I think I did know that it wasn't right because every time the sexual abuse took place I didn't want to um not being educated I didn't know why but I didn't want to so I remember once 
trying to build my courage and actually tell my dad. So my dad has always been the very scary um, sort of guy. You know, he gets very angry um, and easily and just just a kind of scary, non-approachable sort of person. Um, And I thought, wow, you know, if I have him on my side, he will help me. So I will finally, it took me a few um, weeks to build up my courage. And then I finally, when I saw him, because I would see him sometimes once a week, sometimes every second week, sometimes uh, less frequently. So I finally got to see him, finally built the courage. And I said, Dad, I need your help because my cousin keeps hitting me and it really, really hurts. Um, And he brushed it off. He just said, you guys are kids. He's just playing with you. You're being sensitive. You need to be stronger. And he's just playing with you. And I explained it to him. I said, no, it really, really hurts. It's more than playing. It's not just um, playing around. It's actually hitting me because he's angry. And he brushed it off, played it down. Um, So I've always been physically much, much smaller than everyone around me. And I guess that was also perceived as, you know, weak and delicate and all of that so the first instinct was like well I'm too busy I've got too much shit to worry about I'm not gonna worry with little kids drama so you need to get over it he's just playing and um yeah that's it it was just kind of brushed off and I was like all right the one time I had finally built the courage to talk about uh, my sexual abuse because that was my starting point I wanted to ease into it with the hitting and physical abuse And then once I had my dad on my side, I was going to tell him about the sexual abuse because I needed someone to protect me. And um, that didn't obviously happen. And just now as I'm talking, I started to actually think, why didn't I actually tell my mum that? And I think back because my older cousin who always uh, physically and sexually abused me, he was the king of the family. Everyone loved him because he was so funny. He was just, you know, great company he was a clan of the family, so anytime I dared to say anything about him, it was brushed off because um, he's just playing, he's just mucking around, he's just this, he's so funny, he's so great. Um, so I guess I was a bit intimidated by trying to speak up about someone that's got such a big um, popular reputation, I guess. Um, yeah, so that's that's that. And... Um, So the whole sexual abuse was on and off starting from the age of five until I would have been maybe around 13 years old. Um, By the time I was 15 years old, we moved to Australia. And when that happened and we left everyone and everything behind, I just said, yeah, I know that was not good. I know that was bad. Um, I thought it was partially my fault because that's what my older cousin would use, would tell me all the time. He would say, well, no one's going to believe you. This is your fault too. Um, you know, cause I had threatened him before that I will tell my dad if he hits me or does something again. And that was, he, he was really good at convincing me that it was also my fault and that I wanted to happen what, what he did to me. So then I was, there was a lot of shame around that. And I thought, yeah, fuck that. I'm not going to tell anyone about this. Um, I'm now moving country anyway. So as I move country, I will leave this in the past. I will never talk about this ever again. And it will be done and gone. And that was, that was it. I thought that would work, (laughs) which is just so silly if I think about it now, but obviously I had no idea how anything works. Um, 
So that was gone and dusted in the in a box at the back of my mind. But throughout my days in just random situations, um, you know, if I was talking with my girlfriends and, you know, a little topic would come up like, who was your first kiss? Um, you know, have you done anything with a boy? And just little girls chit chat as you get older that you kind of exchange little stories. And, oh, my God, I hated that. I absolutely hated it because my honest answer was, yeah, I've done more than all of you guys have done. Um, I have also kissed someone for the first time when I was probably eight. Um, I think he made me kiss him. So, and he made me do so many things to him, so many things. So I hated that because no one was allowed to know what I've done. Because that was always my perception. I've done this. I've done that. And yes, I did do that. But I was manipulated and groomed and forced into all of that. So I was so ashamed. So yeah, anytime that would, you know, come up um, with my girlfriends, I would just freak the fuck out. My body would just go stiff, start sweating. And um, I think I hit it well, but I don't know if anyone's ever noticed. Um I'd be curious to know if anyone ever noticed my weird behavior around those topics. And even with other things, you know, um, throughout my life until I was 28 years old, I thought that was in the past, but really that kept haunting me. If I would be watching a movie and someone's making out, boom, instant trigger, instant trigger, like my flashbacks would come back um, and I would just feel gross and ashamed all over again. And just, yeah, like lots of things, even songs, um, if there be, you know, a song on the radio and that specific song is something that he always liked to play and always listen to a specific artist, instant flashbacks, instant just oh, sickness, shame, all of that, all of that. Um, so, yeah, so that kept haunting me. Um, and when I was 28, I went to America with my at the time boyfriend and we traveled through from the east to the west coast and bit all around. We stopped over at New Orleans. And if you know much about New Orleans, um, there's a lot of um, psychics, palm readers and witch shops and all of that. And some of the palm readers were really cheap. So we just just to, you know, kind of waste some time a little bit um, as we were going for walks. We would be like, oh, let's read one for a laugh. And then, you know. Some of them were such amateurs and they would tell us such ridiculous ridiculous things that didn't even make sense. But then as we were walking in the distance, I noticed this lady and she just caught my attention. And it might have been what she was wearing. I don't know why, but I was like, I need to see her. She looks like the real deal. She looks so good. She just, I, I just, yeah, I felt so drawn to her. So we walk over and she was available. She had just finished with someone when we got there. And um, she was one that worked with like numerology more. Um, so she got my details, just like my date of birth. And I think that's it. And um, she started dishing out. She what? She just dived into it. She talked about my sexual abuse. She talked about how I can no longer pretend that it never happened um that I need to face it that I might need to just start by writing about it write a letter and just get it out of my system I need to let it all out and stop denying my past and I just sat there like what the actual 
fuck. Like I believe in psychics and all of that. I do love it. I love the stories and all the, you know, supernatural stuff. I love that stuff. But I I was not ready for that. I was not ready for her to spill some full top secret shit that I had not told anyone. Anyone, anyone, like no one knew about it. Um, the only people that knew are the people that abused me and myself. And that's it. So I just sat there like, what the fuck? This is the real deal. Um, and then she said, you know, you need to deal with this. And I can see that in the future you might end up helping people as well. At the time I was like, leave alone that I just need to process with everything she said. Um, I need to, I needed to like reprocess all that again. And then me helping people? No, nah, I don't think that's going to happen. Like it was just so much, so much to deal with. So anyway, she even, um, she was so good. She nearly spoiled the fact that my boyfriend was going to propose to me in New York, which he then did. <laughs> um, so she was, she was the real deal. She was so freaking good. So yeah, um, we came back from America and I had not told my boyfriend here. He didn't hear anything. Um, I was just sitting with that in my gut and just trying to process it and still put a brave face on as if nothing just happened. As if like no one just told me my whole childhood, <laughs> someone I've never met. Um, so yeah, we came back to Australia from a trip and this kept eating at me. I was, I, uh, yeah, I just, I couldn't. I had to tell my boyfriend, my fiance actually, when we got back, I had to tell him I felt like I was lying to him. I felt, God, I, I just felt so many things and I thought, my God, if I tell him about it, and if I will finally tell what happened to me out loud to someone, everything will go away and I will be healed and everything is good. So I was like, I told him we were driving home one night and I was like, hey, i got to tell you something. And I get so fucking awkward with like situations like that. I even, I'm not sure, I feel like um, even in the podcast right now as I'm talking, I feel like I'm just telling it as if it's just a story, but really it's quite traumatic what I've gone through so in the car I was just telling him like hey I gotta tell you something so you know when we went to New Orleans this happened and um she told me what happened when I was little and this is actually what happened when I was little and yep I just need you to know and then I was like in my mind I'm like let's move on I'm ready to move on like just that's it I just kind of told him half casual about it and his face was like what just you know shocked so so shocked especially because um, prior to our American trip, I think it was maybe two years before that, we had travelled to Italy and he had met um, quite a lot of my family and he had met my abusive cousin as well. So he was just like, who was it? I need to know who it was. And he kind of got stuck in, you know, trying to find out who it was. And and I was like, no, nah, I'm not ready to tell you yet. So anyway, I told him that. And I thought that that was the end of it. Little did I know that that was just the lid <laughs> on everything. From the time I told him, all the emotions that I have been suppressing all those years, from the age of, let's say, 14 up until I was 28, everything just came flooding back in um, by the day, by the week, and by the month. It was just like I still remember there was one day on New Year's Eve of that same year and I, we were all out with friends um, at the beach. And that day, my tears just kept rolling and rolling and rolling. And I could not control it. It was just, 
I guess it was like all this emotion that I've been suppressing all these years. They, they could no like now that I've opened the lid, they were all coming out, and I had zero control over myself and my tears, and it was just it just kept flooding in. Um, shortly after that, that I got got really depressed. Actually, really, really depressed. I was really down, um, and eventually, my fiance convinced me to go see a therapist. And I started my healing journey from there. I started, um, she was a really good one. My God, she's good. I recently saw her as well. So she's so, so good. Um, and she really helped me. Um, she really helped me just go get straight into it, face it, just unload it, process it. Um, yeah, she was really, really helpful. So it is so important that you find a good therapist, do your research, because I did quite a bit of research I wanted to make sure she specialized in childhood sexual abuse and knows what she's doing and that she's been doing it for a while um she was so fucking expensive but so worth it if you're in Australia you actually get um the first eight or ten sessions for free something like that um and it currently is more than that because of COVID so we do get the support from um our healthcare system thankfully but yeah um she was even more expensive like that I only covered half the session with her but it was so so worth it like that is something that I will not sting out on my own mental health because fuck mental like my bad mental health has really had control over me in my life my whole life so I was like I'm done with that I'm not gonna sting out on something like that I want to move forward I'm sick of being sad I'm sick of being stuck um and I'm sick of what other people did to me holding a power over me like they've done enough you know they've done enough to me so yeah anyway so did quite a bit of therapy with her which was amazing um and yeah so eventually I got a little bit better I think I worked through a big the first the first big chunk of that and I started my Instagram page and I thought wow like it would be so amazing having other people talk about this because it would really help me out and at the time I didn't find any pages like that so that's why I was it was one of the reasons why I started my Instagram page as well and it was so freaking healing like everyone on my page has been amazing 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 the survivor community is honestly just freaking awesome amazing and so strong and just whoo honestly such yeah oh I'm so glad I did that so yeah that's that's been pretty much just the summary of my journey um I'm planning to dive a lot deeper in my podcast with lots of different topics to cover um and as I mentioned before please feel free to drop in any suggestions anything you'd like me to talk about or even just if you want to just follow me and um follow what we talk about on my story I very often love getting all you guys involved um so yeah I will leave it at that for now I have talked about my story in a little bit more detail with a great guy Jacob who on Instagram his name is about time justice about is it oh gosh I think I said it wrong but his um, podcast name is survivor stories so my podcast is podcast number four um and it'll say my name Nella so you can check that one out and his page as well if you want to hear to other survivors share their story with Jacob um he's done really great 
he's just such a good bloke so down to earth and honest so definitely check him out um and yeah you're welcome to listen to a more detailed version of my story and that is it i will leave it at that for today um and i look forward to sharing more of my past more of my detail about my healing and how i've done it so i also look forward to your feedback and thank you so so much to listening to my first ever podcast with lots of hiccups but we will get there we got this (laughs) so thank you once again i send you lots of healing and positive vibes Um, If you're a survivor, you're doing amazing for listening to the right things um, on helping you heal or even just other stories. I find personally that it was so healing for me just to listen to other stories. Um, So keep doing that. Keep looking online. There is so many pages, so many podcasts that are so, so helpful um, to help you throughout your journey in between therapy as well. So thank you once again. I hope you have a great day.